Welcome to Ask Alika, episode number 43. Today we're going to talk about what the heck is the GDPR. Okay, now this, if you don't know, has been all over the news for the past couple of months. And it stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. It's a privacy law from the European Union that goes into effect on May 25th this year. So, in a couple of days. Uh, And even though it's an EU law, it actually will affect everyone in Australia uh, in some way, shape or form. If not now, then in the future, in my opinion. So, let's talk a little bit about what this is. I've done a lot of research into it and it's going to affect a lot of people. Uh, Maybe not yet in Australia, but eventually it will. Okay. So, okay. Why is this happening? Um, Facebook Cambridge Analytica scandal, I really think that that triggered this. Like with any event in the world, if, you know, if something gets into the mainstream media and um, has a lot of momentum in the media, then the government will eventually do something about it for better or for worse. And, you know, like um, people are not happy at the moment about how their data is being used by marketers and by Facebook and Google and all that. And so, the government wants to look like the good guy and do something about it. And in the case of the EU, they have. So, I'm going to break this up into into a few sections. Firstly, I'm going to talk about what activities are covered by the GDPR, okay? So, the GDPR applies to the processing of personal data. So, anyone that collects, stores and or uses personal data, this could affect them. Now, Um, The GDPR only applies to personal data, which is anything that's associated with or related to someone who's identified or you can identify, okay? Now, identified includes names, email addresses, physical addresses, uh, and most people agree, a little bit great, but most people agree that it includes IP addresses and other information collected automatically, Um, like, you know, usually usually collected by Google Analytics. Now, it also includes any type of processing and information that you're adding to your contact database. This could be information that you collect automatically through an opt-in or any other collection method, okay? So, think about surveys and quizzes. If you're collecting information through that, it'll it'll affect, um, this law will affect how you collect data in that way, okay? Even how you tag and segment data in your CRM database, it'll affect that, okay? Now, Who does the GDPR apply to? Now, the GDPR will apply to any relationship or transaction where one or of more of the parties is in the EU, right? So, if you've got clients or website visitors that are in the EU, then it'll affect you. If you don't, then currently it won't affect you. Like if all your clients are in Australia or in the US, for example, then it won't affect you. Okay. Now, if you're a business or a marketer based in the EU, then you must, like you're actually based in the EU, then you have to comply with the GDPR across your entire business. Now, this means that if you're collecting data from someone in the US, for example, you still have to comply if you're based in the, if your business is based in the EU. Now, if you're a business or marketer based outside of the EU, then you must comply with the GDPR when you are interacting with or collecting data from people that are in the EU. So, if you're a XYZ company, right, manufacturing company, whatever, or a retail company and 90% of your business is in Australia, 
90% of your clients are in Australia, but 10% of your clients are in the EU, then the GDPR is going to apply to you because some of your uh, clients are, are in, the, in the EU. Okay, cool. So next section. Now, how does the GDPR apply to non-EU entrepreneurs? Now, a non-EU entrepreneur has to comply when processing of people in the EU, but only if the processing is related to offering products or services to people in the EU, paid or free, and if you are monitoring the behavior of people in the EU, which I talked about earlier, okay? Now, there's a lot of gray areas here, right? And I'm not going to go too much into that, but this, everything that I've just said, most people agree with when they analyze the GDPR. Okay, let's talk about the six principles of the GDPR. And as a marketer, this highly, highly annoys me. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it, but you know, who cares what I think? I'm just wanting to prepare you guys for it because I think that it's going to affect Australia within a few years. I think we're going to have our own form of GDPR because we tend to follow what uh, other countries are doing. Australia just tends to follow. Um, so, if it's not affecting you now, like if you don't have any clients in the EU now, then I think regardless in the future, I, I do think we're going to have our own GDPR and will affect us. So, it's good to be prepared early. Okay, what are the six principles of the GDPR? Number one, data shall be processed lawfully, fairly and in a transparent manner. So, in other words, you have to be really upfront about what you are collecting data for. Okay, like if you're trying to get someone's email, you have to be very clear about what you're going to use that their email for. Number two, data shall be collected for specified, explicit and legitimate purposes. Okay, so you can't just collect data without explaining how you're going to use it. Like I said before, the purposes also have to be legit. Number three, data processing shall be limited to what is necessary for the purpose. So, you can't get someone to download an e-form uh, and then say, look, if you download my e-form, you you can only download my e-form if you subscribe to my email database. Okay, you can't do that because, you know, your email database, your, the emails that you send from your email database might be completely irrelevant to the brochure that you're getting the person to download. Number four, data shall be accurate, kept up to date and corrected. Doesn't really apply to businesses or um, the everyday man. This is more for Google and the Facebooks of the world. So, it's more for the big guns, the big tech companies, okay? Number five, data shall be kept so it identifies a person no longer than is necessary. So, there's no kind like, so you can't keep data about people forever if there's no reason to keep it, in other words. Now, the G- I don't think the GDPR specifies how many months or years you can keep data. So, it's a little bit gray, but you can't keep it forever. Number six, data shall be processed in a manner that ensures appropriate security. So, you have to protect your data. Uh, For example, you need to have an SSL certificate that protects your website. Okay, next section. How are you going to get people to sign up to your mailing list? Okay, this is a biggie because of all the things that it affects, I I think it affects email marketing the most, okay? So, if you're an email marketer or you do a bit of that, then um, take heed. Now, you must get separate consent from people before adding them to your mailing list. So, in the past, what people would do is they would you know, get people to download a brochure, right? And then they'd have um, a tick box which they pre-select, which the business pre-selects, which says, you know, I'm going to add you to my mailing list, right? Or um, they, people, businesses, sorry, require you to 
join their mailing list in order to download that brochure. You can't do that anymore. You must get separate consent from the person to add them to your marketing list. So, you must have like a separate um, landing page or something, right? Or a, with a completely separate opt-in. Okay, number two, you can't require people to give consent as a condition for getting your freebie, your brochure, your ebook, your tip sheet. Talked about that. Number three, you have to sell prospects on the benefits of your list to get them to voluntarily sign up, right? So, rather than saying, you want to get my free freebie, then you have to sign up to my mailing list. You can't do that anymore. Instead, you have to sell them on the benefits of signing up to your mailing list, okay? So, that's a big change. Uh, and this affects shopping carts as well. Like if you, if you, you know, in the, um, and someone purchases an item, right? You can't just have a pre-selected box that says, I'm going to add you to my mailing list. Can't do that anymore. Okay, now this consent also applies to your existing list. So, after May 25th, you can't just send emails to people in your mailing list that haven't actually properly consented. You have to now go back to those people in the list after May 25th and get them to consent, okay? Re-engage slash consent. Now, the next segment is or the next question that people tend to ask is how do I preserve my existing list and get compliant? Now, this is what I would do, okay? Now, I would get my list, email list and I would segment it into non-EU subscribers and EU subscribers, right? Or potential EU subscribers because you might have some people on the list that you don't know where they're from. Just assume that they're from the EU to be safe, okay? So, for non-EU subscribers, park them aside. Keep doing what you're doing, it's fine. For subscribers from the EU, you need to segment them into a separate list and this is what you need to do. You need to re-engage them, okay? In other words, you need to send them an email asking for their consent, right? Well, the next question is, what do I need to do moving forward in my list building efforts to be compliant with GDPR? So, how do you keep growing your list in the future while being compliant with the GDPR? To get people to sign up to your list, um, you can't just, I talked about this before, you can't just use lead magnets anymore. Lead magnet is, I will offer you a freebie if you sign up to my list. You can't do that anymore. And you can't do the pre-selected checklist, which I talked about. Now, there are four ways to get people to sign up to your list. I'm going to start with number one, the opt-in page. So, you can add, a, you can have a page where there's a checkbox or a drop-down menu and people can actually choose from the drop-down, um, they can actually choose an option to sign up to your mailing list, okay? That's clear. That's clear consent. They're not forced to do it. The second method is the sandwich page, which is <clears throat> usually includes a one-click upsell page between the opt-in and the thank you page that asks them to subscribe. For example, shopping cart. Let's think of a shopping cart, right? So, somebody buys something and then, you know, the, the next page is, well, the next page is, hey, one more thing before we finish. And then you have like a, a sales page for your newsletter, convincing people to sign up. Now, the third method is the delivery email, which is simply sending out an email to your database saying, hey, can you give consent for me to add you to my mailing list? And the fourth method is getting people to sign up in the lead magnet. 
right? So for example, you might have a lead magnet, which is, hey, by the way, uh, sign up to my brochure, blah, blah, blah. Here's a freebie. Here's an ebook, whatever it is. And you can add a paragraph at the end of that spill that says, hey, by the way, if you want to keep getting awesome free tips, goodies, and discounts, click here and we'll add you to our list, right? So those are the four methods of getting people to sign up to your email list that and this these methods are GDPR compliant. Look, the GDPR uh, only applies to you if you have some clients in the EU. Uh, otherwise, you can keep doing things as per normal if your clients are outside of the EU. It also affects you if you are based, if your business is actually or your not-for-profit organization is based in the EU. Um, even if it doesn't apply to you at all, like none of your clients are in the EU and you're not based in the EU. I really do think it's worthwhile getting your head around all this and how it all works and keeping an eye on it and preparing for it because I do think that Australia is going to have their form of or version of GDPR, you know, sooner rather than later. I, I don't know when. It could be one year. It could be six months. It could be two years. It could be five years. But I think it will happen. We do tend to follow what other countries do uh, because we are a smaller nation and, you know, we're also a cautious nation. So, I do think it's worthwhile staying on top of this and preparing. I really hope that that helped you today. Um, again, the cutoff for GDPR is the 25th of May. I don't think that people like, I don't think that the EU is going to start fining people left, right and centre if, if people aren't compliant. Um, I have heard from EU regulators, privacy regulators that, you know, they're going to show a bit of grace. Uh, I personally feel that it will be the big guns of the world that will get penalised if anything. Um, like with any kind of law, you know, it's usually the big guns that get penalised the most to be made examples of. I don't think small businesses are really going to get penalised, especially early on. I think there's going to be a bit of grace as people get come to terms with what all of this means and how to actually comply. Look, I don't like any of this stuff. I'll be perfectly honest, as a marketer, as a capitalist, I just, it's annoying. I don't agree with it, but you know what? It's happening. <laughs> and so, you know, I encourage everyone like myself to prepare for it. And if you've got any questions, then let us know. Hope you enjoyed that. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful day. Peace out.